Welcome to the show, Yuan. Before we introduce the uh, audience about you specifically, tell me, uh, are your teams safe? And uh, what's the impact of COVID-19 on your teams and on your clients? What are the responses? Yeah, thanks, John. Yeah, uh, I think so far we're generally lucky. Our teams are all still safe. Yet no one has uh, contracted the virus. I think from a yet change of work environment, I think it was not such a big uh, shift for us, yet because we generally used to working remotely. Um, although I think there was a bit of an adjustment to it, um, but uh, it was relatively small. From a customer point of view, I think we did find that, yeah, somewhere at some stage with the customers having gone into some forms of lockdowns globally, yet there was a bit of an impact. However, I think what we also realized was that I think the customer needed even more so the services that we provide. And I yeah. think that was the good component of, yeah, just that we can potentially help our customers to be more efficient in times like this. Yeah. Yvonne, introduce yourself to the audience. Who are you? What's your background? We'll talk about the MinoP history in a minute. What have you studied? Uh, and what qualifies you to have an opinion and talk about the topic we're going to talk about later? Uh, thanks, John. Yeah, no, I've been, well, first of all, I think I've been in the mining industry now for about 25 years. And uh, yeah, and I think my, my journey started, I mean, from post-grad studies, I've done a PhD in metallurgical engineering, did a couple of years yet in the industry. And then, uh, yeah, I was part of owner of uh, CSEN Systems business that we eventually was acquired by GE or General Electric. And then, yeah, that's how I eventually ended up in WAPTEC as we were in the mining division that was part of the transportation yet the business that was actually merged with WAPTEC uh, about a year ago, just more than a year ago now. So. So from that perspective, yet I've been also lucky to be able to do in my early years uh, get to MCOM and business management at the University of Johannesburg. Oh, okay. Yuan, before we talk a little bit more about WAPTEC, I think that's relevant. Let's talk about the history with MinoP. I met you in 2017 when uh, we were invited in as a partner under the GE flag for some joint work that we did that we are still doing together. What's your history with MinRP? Yeah, John, I think uh, I've been aware of, of MinRP, uh, I think, from the earlier days. But uh, yeah, I haven't had real contact maybe too close to that time that, that we met. But yeah, it was interesting that I had my manager, yet he was an ex-IBM person that have had also contact with the MinRP. So when he came for his first visit, yeah, I think he, he was also the one that said, okay, maybe it's good for us to have a meeting with MinRP. We're talking about Doug Hansen. Yeah, Doug Hansen. Yeah, so that was where we started. And I think it's also part of the strategy and how we looked at uh, the market to say, yeah, okay, this is really a core portion of what the mining customers need yet to go to full digital and digital transformation in their business. Yeah, and we then in 2018 joined GE staff in uh, San Ramon. And I really love the vision that you guys created and the real end-to-end vision. Tell us a little bit about that vision. And, and you've taken that vision with you to WAPTEC, right? That's right. So I think yet from that perspective, yet we as WAPTEC are the sort of the mining front end for GE, given our roots in, in GE. But we're also trying to carve our own identity also a bit away from GE as such, because I think our focus is to try and 
also look at what's the technical solution offerings out there that we can put together for for the customers yet that can build that into end yeah, digital um, solutions for them although yet that's a tall order but it's just trying to make sure that we can add relevant components that fits in our yeah, capabilities the other component we're trying to add for our customers is that we work with them to try and gather all the information right from the mine quality of the ore through the processing and right to the end final final product and we try to bring that together and present that to them so that they can have a minute by minute view of what's happening right through the value chain we have spoken about webtech already but let's focus on that a little bit before we dive into the meat uh who is webtech this is a, a large industrial company that i've never heard of before tell us about the employees and the vision and you know how your uh, solutions fit into there yeah i think uh it webtech primarily is in the transportation yet yet industry if you can look at that uh, as a as a primary focus but webtech's a diversified yet global leader in equipment and components and services and software and systems yet in the transportation market with quite a huge focus on the mining uh, vertical as such as we provide the propulsion systems for yet off highway vehicles as well as providing yet uh, collision awareness um, systems yet for these um, yet off highway vehicles in the mining space which is quite a big component of that and then we also provide a lot of uh, digital solutions that integrate the whole um, yet one from the transportation side the full value chain dynamics and components from uh, digital solutions and I think just to give a bit of context I mean Webtech is business with about 27,000 employees globally with roughly around 19 billion dollars of revenue oh. okay and um, let's move over to the ecosystem you are a founder member of the ecosystem and we don't call it the mine op ecosystem because we don't want to like in the industrial age you know claim things everything's about partnerships why are you part of the uh, the ecosystem yeah i think john i think what we just quickly mentioned before is that i think that if we look at supplying solutions through the whole value chain yeah. that is probably not a single vendor that yeah. can do that yet purely from a product offering to expertise you name it it's not necessarily practical that a, a single vendor will be able to do that so i think that's where i think the ecosystem comes into make sure you team up with people that can fill the certain areas and gaps and that everybody know where they're playing and and i think can provide the optimal solutions yet for the customers out there yet in the industry mm. There's some stuff we might work together that we've got references on and I'm specifically referring to to your uh, collision avoidance and uh, stockpile management and then all routing into the plant. Tell us more about that joint approach that we have that we have references on. Yeah, and I think that that was it's quite a nice synergy yet for us yet adding or integrating into the mine planning component of mine RP is to leverage the collision awareness system and and the onboard tracking that we have available yet and to combine that to ensure we can define or do proper ore tracking yet from the pit right through to the stockpile yet we can know what we're moving when 
and also whether we're moving the right stuff to the right stockpile, whether you're moving the ore to the ore stockpile and the waste to the waste stockpile. So that was a nice integration using yet some of our technology into yet, for example, what MinorP provide from a resource and ore body information. Tell us a bit more about the uh, WebTech offerings that fits into this uh, pattern and the specific use case or let's say reference that we're talking about. Yeah, and I think in this case, you're probably Vedanta Hamsburg where we, we've we done that combination where we feed that or leverage that collision awareness system and, and integrate it into the mine plan to try and get sort of what we refer to as a smart smart all movement system yeah. mm. to be able to track that across at least the mining value chain. And then I think yet it also helps us then to help support and optimize the processing side because now we know what's on the stockpile and as the stockpiles get reclaimed into the processing facility, we then take that and also provide the visibility on the operation side, yet on the processing side through some performance management that we do on the operational functions in the processing plant. Yeah, and that information then goes into your systems and there's still lots of value available over there as we get humans used to working with data and making short-term decisions and having second-by-second second information that they can see patterns with, etc. There's lots of value still on the table there as we improve humans' capability to work with data, right? Uh, absolutely, and I think uh, it also plays into the concept of providing people with more remote monitoring support as well. Because, I mean, what we found with most of these sites is they do have limited bandwidth or time for the resources on site to be able to fully utilize all the information and capabilities that's available. So, so I think there's a big opportunity as well to support people from that perspective where you can leverage some of the analytics capabilities, analytics skills, and work closely with the guys on the mine sites where yeah. they can then qualify, validate, and also you leverage that capabilities that you do have to provide them with more analytic support. Yeah, that, that brings us to the big topic that we want to talk about is when I discuss with you that we do a podcast and I ask you what this client asking for now and you said remote monitoring, remote monitoring, remote monitoring. I don't think lots of people know about what you're doing over here, that you have a 24 by 7 monitoring system, that you that you monitor lots of assets, etc. Tell us more about that and tell us about your heritage and your capabilities over there. I think that's a this is a real cool thing that that we need to integrate further into with you. Yeah, I think on the remote monitoring, it's quite a key component. I think that we can add a lot of value for customers, especially in this time. And I think from what we currently provide as as remote monitoring services, there's, there's two areas. One is you refer to the asset monitoring. So where we actually monitor the health of um, your assets, both fixed and mobile assets that we can do that. We've got a full monitoring center. The heritage of that is still coming uh, strongly from the GE and G Digital side that we leverage off to supply that service. And I think it's quite a comprehensive service with a, with a 15, 20 year track record of doing this with the skill sets of people in there that also provide significant input and value for the customers on that. And then we also have a process monitoring where we actually support people on the processing facilities around that. It's a relatively new offering. We are having a handful of customers currently. We're really seeing a lot of value coming out of that. And I think that sort of speaks to a lot of 
I think, new and future value that we can add by providing, I think, a bit more off-site analytics support for them to do that. Tell us a little bit further, what types of assets do you do? Is it both mobile and other assets? And a little bit more about how does this work? Yeah, John. So I think if you look at the assets, we practically cover on the fixed assets, all of the standard, the moles, the crushers, pumps, fans, Conveyor belts. Um, conveyor belts. So, and I think that that's quite comprehensive. On the mobile, we do the trucks and the dozers. Wow. Uh, we've got some drag lines. They don't cover all of them yet, but uh, that's all that there. And then some underground continuous miners that we're also working on. So, so it's quite a comprehensive set. It's not complete, but it, it's really it covers most of the critical ones that you would you would find. And how many assets do you do globally? Currently, I think from a monitoring perspective, it's about it's seven and a half thousand assets that's being monitored. Uh, and I think the nice thing about this, it helps clients to be able to start having an outsource service, then scale as they're scaling and then sustain the, the, the digital transformation, which we all know it's not that easy. Exactly. And I think what I also want to add, because you did tend to find that a lot of customers strategically want to have their own monitoring capability over time. So yeah. I think there's always, we also support the transition to our yeah. customers if they get to the point where they can build their own capacity yeah. and they have the scale, they yeah. can do that. Great. Uh, give us a case study, please. Yeah, so I think probably let me give you two two types. I think one is on a operations side of things, optimizing and improving operations on a, let's call it coal, coal site, where we deployed some optimization and improvements, and we were able to generate 9% throughput increase in that case, which is quite significant. If you have nine such plants, you're giving giving him uh, one for free. Just exactly, with that, that was, yeah, I think, yeah, that was definitely, I mean, the thinking, yet, although I think, uh, yeah, it lets the customers will will look at it differently, but that's exactly <laughs> yet you can provide them with an opportunity to to have one less plant yeah. technically to run. And then I think on the asset side, yet I think where we have on a platinum site where we've picked up on a mole increased bearing temperature, and uh, yeah, that that sort of worked out to give them a. a potential saving of 1.3 million dollars so that sure. that in itself is quite a huge benefit and justifying i think some of well yeah, that's not even partially the cost that they have to, sure. to run it you want when i was in san ramon i heard uh, something about catch of the week where you guys bragged about what you caught like a you know bearing getting hot tell us about that yeah john i think it's just it's a bit of a trying to promote and provide people with feedback around what the value is of these remote monitoring on the assets. We have a standard catch of the week that gets distributed that's generally available to public. So, yeah, anybody can go and, and subscribe and see what's the types of benefits and catches and, and benefits that customers are getting from the remote monitoring on the assets. We spoke about the need in the market. So what's the potential for for this to hook up to the ecosystem, you know, all the other partners we have in the ecosystem. I think this is a huge value. I think for me, if we look at it, there's, there's, there's two components. I mean, one just linking it back to the monitoring side. The whole point is to try and leverage a lot more 
technologies that's available. So for one, we're already using on, for example, conveyor belt monitoring, the actual belt health monitoring that we do with a component of an ecosystem partner versus getting more sensing equipment that can be provided by some partners as well as yet pulling in some of the skills and expertise of partners into the different areas. And in, I think in your case, from a minor P point of view, is also to say, okay, how can we also expand a monitoring service into the mining side yeah. of, of the business? And I yeah. think that's probably where there's a lot of potential value to be added as well. Yeah. Johan, you are part of a 27,000 person company. So I assume there's more things we should talk about than just monitoring. Give us a sense of about three or four things and let's put it in on the agenda and let the audience then look forward to that. What are those types of things that that we should talk about? Yeah, I think one of the main things is that we've started looking at, I mean, we know people talked about put to port and things like that because we've got a strong rail background and really a strong digital portfolio in that. I think there's quite a, a huge opportunity to try and optimize, especially for the bulk mining companies to transport and see how we can run through that scenario where you can track and trace and, and give them visibility and optimization on their whole value chain. So that that's definitely one of the, the key areas that we can focus on. And then I think there's also... And, a couple, and ultimately, mining is about transportation, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's moving it's moving all. So yeah. yes, there's a bit of processing in between. That's also quite high value. But yeah, that, at the end, you need to get it out of the mine and get it to the customer. Yeah. So yeah, so they, they, that's definitely a big portion. And I think there's a big opportunity in that to get that going. And I think then, I mean, we talked about asset monitoring, but I think there's also a whole play around asset strategy, maintenance strategy that gets linked into that broader asset managing, asset management portfolio. And then I think one of the other things as well is enabling customers to have, like we said, better visualization. I mean, we all know and talk a lot about visualization, but it's quite interesting to find that when you get to most customers, their businesses are still in silos. There's not a clear across value chain visualization or visibility. Over and above that is also to provide them with the capability to apply analytics because I mean, part of the whole point of generating data and having better visibility is to be able to utilize the data because that's where the value lies going forward with digital transformation is to have that access across verticals or verticals within the business to be able to claim that value. Yvonne, thank you. So uh, I think you have properly sold to us that we need to talk again and they said, yeah, we need to do that. We ask everybody about what they're currently reading. Now you want me at the podcast recording to say, I've got two young boys, they're running in and out whenever they like. And I heard once that they did that. So I'm, I'm wondering, does ex-PhDs or PhD students, do they still have time for reading whilst having young boys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah John, that's, that's a good question. Yeah, it's actually quite challenging. But like most things, one really tried to make time, but it's not usually getting enough time to do some reading. But to your point, I mean, one of the, the books <laughs> I'm reading is this Afrikaans book, from Johan Smith. So that's just uh, trying to install some values in them. Uh, 20 things that our sons must remember. That's a yeah. great book. Uh, we have an international audience. I'm translating there for you. And I think we are all fathers, uh, not only at home, but also at work. 
and also at our with our clients and vice versa where they become our fathers so i think it's a useful topic right thank you very much um we hope to talk to you again no no thanks john and thank you for the opportunity